Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates. 208-471-4444. Decided to sleep in? Missed your favorite morning show? Yeah, don't worry. It's the Morning After Podcast with Nick and Big J. Presented by Treasure Valley Subaru, Idaho Center's premier pre-owned superstore. With their pre-owned personal shopper, your requests will be personally handled by their team of salespeople, sales managers, and vehicle buyers, meaning you got someone looking out for you the whole way. And with Easy Peasy Loan Approval, they've got you taken care of in a way that doesn't require a social security number or trigger a credit inquiry. So go check them out, Treasure Valley Subaru at the Idaho Center. Now, for Nick and Big J. Take it away, boys. All right, here we go. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Welcome to Friday, bro. It's the fifth day of August, 2022. My name is Nick. There's Big J right over there. Yeah. Uh, What will be a fairly busy weekend if you are interested in getting out and about and doing some things, maybe taking in some concerts. Who the hell knows? Uh, It starts tonight with the Meridian Firefighters Salmon Feed. Big J will be out there from 4 to 6. Around 6 o'clock is when they'll start serving the general public. So if you want to get on out there and enjoy that and stop on by the X-10 for some fun and excitement, that's a great way to get started today. And you're also giving to charity, by the way, while you're helping out the Meridian Firefighters, so it's a very, very good thing. That's awesome. Tomorrow night is the Pop Evil show at the Knitting Factory. That's going to be great. It's been rescheduled thrice, and now the show's finally happening. Reminder that if you have any tickets to those previously scheduled shows, they will be honored tomorrow night. But also, there still are a few tickets available. If you want to go and check out the show, you will not be disappointed if you see that. We'll also be out and about as a radio station at the brand new Lifetime store in Caldwell, the old shop co there on the boulevard. And that's going to be pretty damn awesome, if you ask me. Not only because uh, the Lifetime store is great, and there's lots of fun stuff to do, especially if you like outdoor living, but from 1 to 3, it will be a great opportunity and your first of many to get your hands on some X-Fest 22 tickets. That's yeah. the whole point of us being out there. We're going to have some tickets to give away, so if you're looking for Papa Roach, Falling in Reverse, Hollywood Undead, Bad Wolves, and Basement tickets for the 21st, that'll be one of your many chances to get your hands on them on Saturday. So maybe you start planning your weekend around stuff like that. Who knows? But Adam will be out there broadcasting live. That'll be your chance to go out there and grab a pair of tickets to X-Fest. We'll give away a pair every half hour while we're out there. So... An opportunity for you to have some fun and cash in on the weekend. Big J's got a birthday party he's got to attend this weekend. <coughs> have you been given any additional details? No. I don't know anything. Do you know you don't know how many people are coming over? No. You don't know what time it starts? Nope. And this is on purpose, right? I don't know if it's on purpose. Well, you have no interest in it, I guess is my point. You're not asking questions, I guess. Right? Yeah, that's that's true. So the less you know, the better. Got other stuff to do right now. I was going to so. say, is there a possibility that because you have other things to do that you completely miss this altogether? Yes. Would that be the ideal scenario? No. I don't understand. I don't care if there's a party going on there or not. Right. But, I mean, you have no interest in being a part of it, or you do? I, I mean, if I'm there, I'm there. <laughs> you know it's your house, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure. If I'm there, I'll be a part of it. I'm not there. I'm not going to be a part of it. Well, you said yesterday you were going to spend time in your room. So oh, yeah. You well, all the be cats will be in there. I see. But not you, then. You would actually be a part of it if you were I present. I probably want to, you know, let the cats know somebody's there to be with them. Would you be in trouble if you never left your room? No. Like, if you just hung out in there the entire time and your wife was hosting and taking care of all the She's party stuff? She's not hosting any party. 
I don't understand. What do you mean? I don't know either, because I don't know what's going on. And you seem overly interested in this dog birthday party. I am incredibly enamored, only because it's happening at your house. That's why I'm well, interested in it. Watch the kids' social media. Uh, okay, I will. How about we get started with some music? Uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Disarm, is kicking off the morning after with Nick and Big J on the X-Rocks. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Well, the big news around here yesterday morning was the fact that there was a big, gigantic moose on loose in Eagle Big Day. Jay, did you see this? No, man. Moose is loose. Uh, It was, indeed. It was a pretty big deal in the early morning hours between 9 and 10 o'clock yesterday. They started to spot a moose, a pretty big one, in downtown Eagle. It was right right by Cobblestone Way and State Street, really, which is where it was going. They kept an eye on the moose for a little while, and then they decided it was time to, you know, keep him off the street and out of traffic, so they they tranquilized it and moved it to a safe place. The male moose was about 700 pounds. It was over six feet tall, pretty much kept to himself, and strolled through the neighborhood, munched on some leaves, and kind of did his own business. But the idea behind tranquilizing and moving him to the mountains is because, you know, moose are fairly docile animals, but the second they get pissed, you better watch out. Yeah, there ain't no big and mean. Right, controlling a angry moose, and who knows what he's protecting or what he was doing. He could just be scared or spooked or whatever, and things could go sour pretty quick. So they decided to take the safe route and make sure that the moose was back in the wildlife place where it belongs, not in some subdivision out there in Eagle. So thankfully, nobody was hurt. Moose wasn't hurt either. It's fine, awesome, back out out in the mountains. Just needed to get him out of the way. So a reminder from the Idaho Department of Fish and Game that if you see a wild animal in the neighborhood, if you will, uh, they're the people to call, number one. Number two, don't try to handle the problem yourself. It probably won't work out for you, in case you're curious. Yesterday was the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. Were you able to watch any of it, Big J? Yeah, I did. What did you think? Give me your breakdown. Uh, You know, it was a delayed game. That's for starters. This is happening more and more, it feels like, with the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, I, Ohio, it's the time of summer, probably lots of thunderstorms, I guess. We've had the experience of that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so, I mean, it was okay. Anybody that you thought was amazing that you should keep an eye out for? Um, I, well, I was surprised. I, I thought that, that Josh Jacobs had left. Had, you know, I just didn't realize that they had uh, not taken up his uh, fifth-year contract. I didn't know he was still on the team. So they've got uh, quite a plethora of, uh, of weapons there on the offensive team for the Raiders. So uh, they looked like they were in, in decent uh, shape going into the game and, and had some success early on. And it wasn't as sloppy as I thought it was going to be. Uh, Trevon Walker, the number one pick in the draft, uh, got a penalty on the first game play of the game, but also picked up his first quarterback sack in his career ever later on in the game, too. But, yeah, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of star power involved in last yeah. night's game. None of the names that you recognize from really either team played in any of it, nor should you expect that to nope. happen in the first preseason game. But uh, Josh Jacobs did play for a little bit. There were a lot of check down passes from quarterbacks you've never heard of last night. That really was kind of the game. But the final score, 27-11 to in favor of the Raiders over Jacksonville Thursday night. Uh, Doug Peterson, of course, on the sidelines. The teams both have two new coaches. 
So Josh McDaniels picks up his first win as a Raiders coach, and Doug Peterson, uh, his first loss as the Jaguars coach. But again, these teams aren't looking anything like the teams that look like come uh, week one of yeah. the NFL season. So we're just getting some preseason action underway, and it'll go forward moving. Are there only three games this year again because of the 17-game schedule? Is that a permanent change? Oh, that I do not know. Because there were four forever, but they changed it to three last year when they went to 17, but I wasn't sure if that was a coronavirus slash first-year thing or the three preseason games are just the standard operating procedure. Easy enough to check. I'll do that by the next time we open up important stuff. Big J, also, uh, when the news broke earlier this week about Batgirl being canceled, it turned out to be the first time the cast and crew were hearing about the decision as well. Last night, Leslie Grace, who plays the title role, went to Instagram to address the issues. Same thing that the directors of the film did. The directors, coming off a really successful run of Ms. Marvel, on Disney Plus, uh, they were shocked as well to find out the movie was being shelved. But Leslie Grace, the star, said, "Quote on the heels of our recent news about our movie Batgirl, I'm proud of the love, hard work, and intention of our incredible cast and tireless crew. Uh, it was a once in a lifetime process." She added that uh, she's her own damn hero and thanked her fans because uh, she had a chance to take on the cape and become a hero, which was pretty awesome for her, even though nobody will see it. But we live in a time where secrets aren't very well kept. At some point, this thing's going to end up on the internet or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, it still seems weird that they... Uh, I get that they want to uh, to move away from that model that was created, and they only care about the movies that are going to be put out into theaters. I get that. That makes sense. That's smart. But you've already got this. Why not just let it go to the damn platform or you know put it in theaters people will pay to see this yeah. movie it won't make it it's money reason, back maybe the reason that stuff was going direct to the streaming anyways to begin with for warner brothers and hbo max was because of the pandemic it wasn't a it wasn't a financial model situation it was just a survival situation i mean no matter uh, we're going to talk a lot more about the warner brothers stuff and hbo max and all this kind of stuff during the course of the show today but the uh, no matter what your your business model is you're not going to convince me it's smart to just throw $90 million in the trash. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I mean, I'm right here. <laughs> right. Throw it at me. Right. I can make a Batgirl movie for $90 million. You want to bring it my way? I'll, I'll, I'll happily give you a movie you'll never want to touch nor yeah. release. Throw it my way, please. By the way, three games. Three preseason games. Thank That's you. it. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your first round of important stuff. That is Green Day. Welcome to Paradise here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Paradise certainly isn't the world of social media, at least not these days. But Big J, you're on a bunch of social media. Yeah. Uh, Do you have family members or people that you consider close to you? I'm not talking about acquaintances, but close to you that you no longer follow or have blocked on social media because of their posts. Family? No. Not not at all. Uh, But how about friends? Friends, uh, close friends, or anybody that you would consider a friend? Uh, that I've blocked? Yeah. That you now, would. I've hidden some status. Yeah, there you go. Like, so, uh, Facebook in particular is like, you know what, especially during uh, during the election time and things like that, like, uh, no. I, I, on both sides, I had people that I was like, you guys are all nuts, and you're saying a bunch of crazy stuff that isn't verified and, it, and could possibly be dangerous. I want nothing to do with it. And instead of fighting with it and, and just getting ingrained in into that uh, that bogged down situation, I've decided to uh, I just ignore it and move along. 
Congratulations, you are like 75% of social media users in some way, shape, or form. They have blocked somebody that they consider a friend or that they are friends with on the social media platform because of the things that they post. More likely than not, it is of a political nature. So I think it's probably important for all of us to at least have the conversation that, like, I mean, is there a point... Because, I mean, you're going to get some reaction to it. Usually it's people that agree with you or people that want to argue with you. But I would say that if you're one of those people that spends a majority of your time on social media bitching about or in favor of or just in... If politics are your personality, odds are there's not nearly as many people watching it as you think they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. You are blocked or hidden or unfollowed or, you know, just plain unfriended by way more people than you think. 75% of people on Facebook say they have uh, basically blocked somebody because of their content that they're posting on Facebook, usually politically motivated. So not only are you, A, not changing anybody's mind, B, uh, you're not really reaching as many people as you think, and I wonder if that would help us change or advance as a society if we know that we're essentially just screaming into a wall our political beliefs. Well, let's let's take it outside of the arena of social media and, and say it's before social media became a really important aspect in life, right? And you were at, hanging out with a friend, and and or you were at a party or some some kind of engagement where there's multiple people there, and uh, uh, a subject matter came up that you really had no interest in, or that you disagreed with. If you wanted to, you know, remain friends, it would be those things. You just like, you know what? Especially family, like say, uh, you know, holiday time, yeah. and the politics comes up. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm not, I don't want to take part in these kind of things. That's what I'll probably withdraw. Remove yourself from the yeah, conversation. Yeah, I'd be like, you know what? I don't want to get into that big fight here about it because it's not worth it ultimately. Uh, you know, we all have differing opinions on things and, and you can have a conversation uh, with somebody and then and then once it gets to a volatile situation, that's where when you can kind of take a step back. And I feel that's the exact same thing that you're doing via social media. I don't right? think it will ever change. I feel like we've gotten to the point of no return turn when it comes to this kind of stuff but maybe it's important that all of us know that if well listen if first of all if like we happen to be connected on social media and you spout off about politics i don't care what side of the aisle you're on odds are i'm not seeing it number one uh you usually have like what'll happen is uh if you're on instagram i'll just snooze you and i'll mute your stories and your posts and that'll be that because it's a lot less drama than unfollowing somebody and then uh, same thing with, like, Facebook. I'll snooze you, like, two months in a row, and then that's it. You're unfollowed, and I don't see any of your stuff anymore. And you're just basically screaming into the ether, yeah. which is fine by me. But you need to know, probably, that if that's your personality and that's the way that you do this and everything that you post has some sort of weird, you know, either complaining about the people in power or uh, or not complaining about the people in power and just towing the line, that odds are you're not talking to as many people as you think. And while we probably still enjoy your company overall, have zero interest in your opinions when it comes to that kind of stuff. But I was surprised by the number of how many people are involved in it. 75% is a pretty big number. So we all know how to do it. We all know that we're sick of it, and we all know that it's happening. Will it change the way that people post? Probably not. But maybe it might give you a second chance if you're about to share something or link something or, uh, you know, dispute something or bitch about something that uh, not as many people care as you think. But it's important that you know that. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Coming up in a few minutes, Big J is going to pick a song out for you to get your Friday morning cooking. It's next on the X Rocks.
It's STP here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Let's get your Friday morning going with a What You Gonna Do Fire Me song of the day. Big J, what song gets the honors? Yeah, the song uh, this week is Beastie Boys, Paul Revere. Here's the song. You'll find out why we're playing it next on the X-Rocks. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad... That is Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Why was that your What They Gonna Do Fire Me song of the day, sir? Yeah, unfortunately, today uh, would be the birthday of MCA, Adam Yock, and he passed away in 2012. And this is like a public service announcement, just one of those things that I I deep I have deep regret, Nick, of never seeing the Beastie Boys live. Oh, um, really? I just, uh, you know, I mean... I mean, I like the Beastie Boys and some songs I really love, like Paul Revere. Uh, but I just, you know, when I see, um, you know, video and stuff and talk to people who've been to Beastie Boys show, it's like, man, I think that that's a show I would love so much to see happen live. And uh, I just, uh, yeah, I, I never managed to get to a Beastie Boys show and you always kind of take stuff for like that for granted like you know what that'll be touring forever i'll get catch up with them at some point don't not make that mistake especially lately when we see out of nowhere bad situations happen bad things happen into some of our favorite artists and you know uh you just never know when the last time you're going to get the chance to see that band is so don't hesitate you know if it's that important to you go go see them i'm lucky enough to have done that with a couple bands who their members are no longer with us and they can't do that in the piece boys are one of those uh, groups that are like listen after adam went and then uh john barry his guitarist original forming member also passed away and i think 2016 um you know they were never we're never going to make bc boys music again uh and we're never going to play another concert ever again when they easily could i mean that's just kind of what happens these days in some instances but that's not something that they're going to do and, and you're just going to regret and, and you're going to have to miss out on that and it's going to be the the only way you're going to get to see that is through dvds and there's a couple great um you know dvds and documentaries out there about the bc boys that are wonderful but just can't replace the same thing as seeing a, a band that you really like live amen so make sure you take advantage when you can because you never know when it's going to come to fruition so go see those shows if you have an opportunity kids on the morning after with nick and big J. Some of us have some very irrational fears and some of us have some very real fears. Big J, do you do you have a fear of sharks at all? Um, uh, no, I don't think so. I've been in the been in the ocean with sharks. Doesn't prevent you from getting into the ocean kind of a thing, right? No. Good. I have a friend who is petrified of sharks. Like to the point where they will not get into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a musician and uh, in a band, and they would uh, the, the rest of the band would mock him. And like in his guitar case, they would put like pictures of sharks and stuff just to freak him out, and he would he wouldn't open it. It's crazy. <laughs> well, friendship is rare. Yeah. Uh, if you are like that gentleman and are very scared of sharks, you may want to know that there is now something called the International Shark File. And that is an actual file that shows you where you're most likely to experience a shark attack. They looked for every single shark attack that happened in the world from the year 1900 to the year 2021. And they took it into account. Big J, where do you think a majority of the shark attacks happen? In the water. That is correct. Almost 100%. <laughs> but where specifically in the world, maybe? Uh, I'm going to say Australia. Uh, Australia, second place. Oh. They've had 682 shark attacks since they started measuring them in 1900. Number one, far and away, Florida and the United States. 
Florida. The United States has 1,562 shark attacks in the amount of time that they measured. 896 of those are in Florida alone. So that is where the big numbers are coming from. If you want to stay away from sharks, stay out of the water in Florida. South Africa, by the way, third, 258. Now, one thing that everybody wants to keep in mind is there really is no reason to be scared of sharks per se. They're not out there trying to eat surfers and swimmers. It's not like Jaws, where I believe you're supposed to think this shark has a a score to settle. That's not how it works. Uh, The the South Fork National History Museum lets you know that sharks usually out there looking for fish. They end up confusing us with their natural prey. And so they'll bite. And listen, when they bite, it goes bad. It's not good. But nine times out of ten, even more so, they just move on. They get one bite in and they move on to their way. Oh, they're like, ugh, this isn't what they want. It's not what they thought was going to happen. It's not what they're interested in. And so uh, they don't really want you not to say that it can't happen. It's just that bite usually severs the artery in your leg. Yeah, it becomes really, really bad and not good. Big J, LeBron James, and Los Angeles Lakers are said to be in productive talks about a contract extension. If they don't reach an agreement, James will be a free agent in June of next year. James has his heart set on playing on his, with his oldest son, a high school basketball star, but Bronny won't be eligible to play until 2024. And so odds are James may end up with the Lakers until then and then move on to play with his son, or who knows what's going to happen. There's still a lot to come to fruition between now and then. Because, I mean, even the most, I guess, I guess being nice kind of pundit out there says that Bron James, Bronny, his son, is a questionable slash marginal NBA talent, let alone a college. So, I mean, a lot has to happen for him to jump from college to the NBA, I guess is my point. He's not a surefire kind of superstar kind of thing like his father. So, But I'm also guessing that if your team wants to sign LeBron James or have a chance... Bronny's probably going to get a shot in the NBA, if I had to guess. Deontay Johnson has the next wide receiver to cash in on some pretty big paydays. He signed a two-year, $36 million contract extension to stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was in the final year of his rookie contract, and now their new number one receiver isn't going anywhere in Pittsburgh, which is good. Shouldn't surprise anybody, but Variety is reporting that HBO Max and Discovery Plus are going to merge into one streaming channel in summer of 2023. J.B. Perez, the CEO and president of Global Streaming for Warner Brothers and Discovery, said uh, during their, their basic their reports and earnings call yesterday that at the end of the day, putting all that content together is the only way they see to make it a viable business. And that's kind of what has led to all these cuts and these movies and these shows getting canceled and not doing anything with HBO Max. It's because they're trying to put all this stuff under one umbrella and save as much money as possible until they can do so. So that's why. Again, it doesn't explain why they threw out $90 million with the Batgirl movie, but it does explain why they're cutting the budget and trying to put it together. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, you know, because, you know, all this stems from a, uh, what is it, a, I guess a stockholder earnings call. Earnings call. And, um, you know, people can ask questions during that time, but nobody had phrased it like this. Hey, guys, why'd you throw away $90 million? Right. Right, Uh, because I don't think they get a viable answer or one that would make anybody happy. But it shouldn't surprise you either that these two companies are coming together. What that means for each of them individually until then doesn't seem like it's going to be very pretty. And then what happens going forward, I don't know. 
but once this merger was happening, you kind of knew this was going to be a yeah. thing. I just didn't know they'd leave so many, you know, great shows in their wake. Uh, I've already seen a show uh, uh, that uh, is uh, on um, one of the Discovery Network channels uh, post about how eventually they will be part of HBO Max. They're already talking about it. Oh, see, yeah, well, it shouldn't surprise you then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's not... I, I'm, I'm almost surprised that they're going to call it HBO Max. I thought maybe they would maybe give it another name or discovery call it, max or call it hbo plus or something because they're merging the two streaming things together or discovery max who knows but uh it's all happening not until next year but it is happening up oh man we're going to hell would you join me in my own private hell the morning after with nick and big j on 100.3 the x rocks back to florida for today's we're going to hell story big j ah florida specifically cape coral florida and the officials there in cape coral are telling every single resident keep your head on a swivel big j why (laughs) because over the last three days there have been an alarming amount of reports about a monkey on the loose dude oh god no and that monkey is it from that island is pissed what island the Monkey Island? I'm not familiar. Perhaps. But uh, they certainly say that uh, basically it all started three days ago when a friend and a gentleman named Chris Lefford were on their front porch and they saw what they thought was a monkey run from one bush to another. And they're like, did we just see that or are we what? And then it jumped out again moments later and started charging him. And that's when they ran inside because that couldn't have been good. They said the monkey was about three feet tall. They wouldn't call it a chimpanzee, but they really weren't familiar with what type of monkey it was. But the animal appeared to be very upset and very angry. And that's when he made a huge mistake, Big J. Like, if you see something charging towards you and very angry and doesn't want you to be a part of their life, then you also charge them. Either that or you get the hell out of the way. What the one, oh. one thing that you shouldn't do is start leaving out food for the monkey so that it continues to come back. But that's what they did. What, do they want to capture it? I don't know what they want to do with it. They wanted to get another look, according to the story. They were like, did we really see this? Is that really a thing or whatever? So they left out some food in Curious. hopes of getting another look. Right. You know what the old saying is? Curiosity killed the cat. Uh, They say that the food has been disappearing, but they haven't been able to confirm that the animal that they saw was a primate. They can't really see it. They don't have a ring camera, so they can't give us any of that particular stuff. But in the last couple of days, additional sightings have been reported. Every single one of them says the monkey's about three feet tall and the monkey's very, very angry. It's screaming and running around from one place to the other. They don't know if it's rabid. They don't know what's going on. But anytime you've got a monkey loose running around that's angry, it usually doesn't lead to good things. Yeah, now you got to worry about the monkey pox. <laughs> yeah, so watch out, everybody. I guess in Cape Coral, anyway, you don't want to get in the way of the angry monkey. Uh, they have now at least five reported incidents of spotting a suspected monkey in the area. And so now they're, they're basically instructing residents to do not approach the monkey and call it in when they think they see it, and they'll figure it out from there. But we got a monkey on the loose down in Florida, which is the worst place for a monkey to be on the loose, if we're being honest. Oh, boy. So be careful. Anybody headed to the Cape Coral area, watch out. Do not get attacked by said monkey. That would be a terrible vacation. Everything was great until I got attacked by the monkey. And don't join them. Join the monkey? Well, yeah. You know, they're uprising. 
I see. You aid and abet them. Okay. Don't help them. That's fair. He could be putting together an army for all we know. I don't know. But I do know he doesn't seem happy. So there's that. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your We're Going to Hell story. It is the X Rocks. That's Pearl Jam here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. I am going to put you on the spot, Big J. Used to it. Take the uh, actual job out of the equation. Lay out for me the perfect Big J morning. Like, what time do you get up? What do you want to do with yourself? What would be a perfect Big J morning? Uh, let's see, 8 o'clock. You wake up? Wake up. Uh, get on up uh, and, uh, you know, you do your usual, brush your teeth, etc. I mean, this is pretty much Saturday, right, if I don't have anything going on. Uh, make a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Kind of get up, uh, play, uh, check some my phone notifications. Maybe uh, play my phone game, the animation throwdown. Okay. Get in some of that and then uh, see what's going on for uh, breakfast. And then uh, maybe play some Xbox for a while. Okay. So that's your morning. And then that's the rest of the day. Oh, okay. The Xbox is the rest of the day. So well, it depends. I mean, the game I've been playing lately, the matches are pretty long. Are you able to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday? Is that like a usual rise and shine time for you? Or you you find yourself up earlier than oh, that? Oh, no. I mean, I'll wake up at like 3.30 in the morning. Sure. And then uh, force myself to go back to sleep. And uh, I'll probably, you know, probably wake up a couple times here and there. But I try to, you know, at least... You won't get out of the rack until 8 o'clock. Yeah, unless something is going on. Gotcha. Uh, It's an emergency. Is there ever any time that you sleep in later than that? Or 8 o'clock is like the latest? Usually that's the latest I can probably really sleep. Unless, uh, you know, let's see, last week when we were at the Battle of the Bands Friday, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I made it to 9 o'clock. There you go. But I didn't get home until 1 that night, so... Uh, If you want to ensure what is considered to be a perfect morning and get your day uh, right, the odds are you need a little bit of math. A British mathematician figured out a formula to determine the perfect use of your time to get up and get ready for work each morning. I say uh, that I asked what your perfect morning would be ideally because according to the schedule, the work that we do, Big J, it's impossible for us to have the perfect morning. (laughs) Because uh, according to Dr. uh, Dr. Marie's formula the ideal time to wake up for your body to wake up is 6 44 in the morning which of course we're already at work at that time so it's impossible for us to have that happen but after that you take 21 minutes and that the first thing you should do when you wake up is exercise in some way shape or form do some stretching do some walking get on the treadmill do some sort of exercise to get your heart moving when you roll out of the rack that's the great way to get your blood moving and to get your cognitive levels up and make sure you have a good morning 18 minutes after that that should be the time that you spent eating breakfast and having your morning coffee then you should have your morning shower 10 minutes you do these things 644 wake up, 21 minutes exercise, 18 minutes breakfast, or 18 minutes um, doing breakfast and then 10 minutes showering, and your morning and your day apparently will be ideal according to a math formula that has been calculated. So that's how you should put together your morning if you want a great one. It doesn't sound bad except for the exercise part. <laughs> Right, but lots of people do exercise in the morning, so it's perfect for that. 
I don't know. I mean, I guess having it down to an exact minute seems like it's a bit, you know, anal retentive, but there are certainly worse things to be exacting about, especially if you want to get off to a good day. But I can honestly say, you know, first of all, I know this isn't good as much as I enjoy it. I, I don't eat breakfast in the morning. I just, I don't. And I don't drink coffee either. I'm a, I'm a water drinker in the morning. And so that's, that's what I do. So I'm probably not getting off to a great start no matter what. Right, uh, because uh, but I mean, how often do you eat breakfast during the week? I, I mean, I really don't. It's because, yeah. and it's not because I don't want to. It's just I don't get hungry. I mean, I get hungry now about ten a.m. It's when yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. When I'm yeah, when I get up at the you know stupid early in the morning, I have no interest in eating either. I mean, it's just it's just not part. Of, it's not the way that I'm wired. But you know, maybe if I were to get up at let's say I don't know a normal time like six forty o'clock, right? It might be something that would s- sink into my head a little bit. Usually on the weekends, the wife makes breakfast. That's very That's nice. That's her. She is good at making breakfast. I am not. So she uh, she'll make breakfast. Generally. So you're able to get three squares at least uh, two days a week, which is nice. Two squares. I mean, oh, I, I see. If I'm eating breakfast, chances are I'm not going to be eating lunch. But so. you're also a brunch family. Like you guys go to brunch a lot, right? No, like the eleven to two kind of uh, area. You don't? No. I thought I, you seem to partake in brunch on a pretty regular basis. It's just on the holidays. But uh, either way, I hope it's a fantastic morning. But if you want it to be a perfect morning, that's the formula that you need to follow according to mathematics. And as we all know, Big J, you can't get by without math, right? Every day you're doing math, aren't you? No, no. You probably should be. I don't do math. <laughs> Here's this traffic. Is right there in the things we play. <laughs> you do math. You just don't realize that you're doing math. Can can I tell you, honestly, I think I've realized why I'm so bad at math. Okay. And and, and I feel bad because Mrs. Falconer, who is my math teacher for so long, she struggled so much with me and helping me, the dyslexia. Yeah, you, well, I mean, it's, you're you're finding out later in life now, obviously, that it has been a huge problem for you for years and years and years. Yeah, that would explain a lot, just the jumbling of things and the, the mistakes I make. I mean, that really probably screwed me up when it came to math. So, Mrs. Falconer, it wasn't your fault. Would you blow up at her? No, but I mean, I think that's something she's always felt bad about. <laughs> you do? I feel like we had a conversation about it at some point. She remembers how I struggled. TDS Fiber Traffic Center brought to you by... Morning After with Nick and Big J. Scientists in Spain, Big J, have invented a strip and an app that can help you detect nitrates in some food, and especially in meat. Now, these are color-changing strips that stick to meat and change color when a nitrate, which is a preservative that's linked to cancer, is detected. Now, users can take a photo of the strip, they can go to the app, they can analyze the color, and they can give it a concentration value. Now, mostly you're going to find these things in cured and processed meats. They're often treated with these particular things to extend their shelf life longer than they really should be. And some of these can become highly reactive in some people's bodies. They're bad. They have to monitor them. And up until now, we didn't have a way to do that. But now they've got magic strips, Big J. You're taking like litmus tests with your meat to make sure you're not making yourself sick. I imagine that's some serious people. That are and you're that, right? Yes. It's not a joke. It's it, something that's very serious and could cause some really serious problems. If it can cause cancer, why are they letting them still put it in stuff? It's a good question, and one that I don't have an answer for, as I am not in the meat business, but it doesn't like, seem like listen, it's a smart once thing. Once we find out these things can cause cancer, uh, obviously, we shouldn't take them anymore. <laughs> you think? I mean, it's a so, bold statement, but I believe that you're right. 
I shouldn't have to put a strip on my damn meat to see if it's going to kill me in 10 years. Uh, you, uh, What has happened is if they found out that their body has been reactive to this stuff is they basically stay away from meat, all meat. Yeah. And now the, the science has given them a way to go, you know what, there's some bad stuff out there for you because it doesn't react to everybody, but it does to certain people. And now they have a way around it if they have missed meat in their life, I guess. The NFL has picked former New Jersey Attorney General Peter Harvey to hear the appeal of the six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. The NFL wants Watson to be suspended for at least a full season for violating the league's personal conduct policy. So now we'll see what ends up happening. We had a preseason game in the NFL last night. It was between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Raiders ended up being successful 27-11. Mostly it was a running game centered uh, football match between the two because lots of rain last night, thunderstorms delayed the game, etc. So it was a pretty sloppy field to begin with. So there wasn't a whole lot of passing, certainly not effective passing happening. Plus, uh, the quarterbacks you probably have never heard of, that doesn't help either. Not a lot of star power in the game. Listen, it was the first preseason game of the NFL season, and it played like it last night. But lots to grow on for both teams. It was nice to see the first overall pick get his first sack in his career. Technically, it doesn't count because it's a preseason game, but at least you know he can get to the quarterback if you're a Jaguars fan. So there's that. We talked a bunch about Warner Brothers and HBO Max today, and we aren't done. According to the, uh, again, the shareholders call that happened yesterday with people in the world of Warner Brothers, they will be going forward, Big J, with releasing The Flash. So look at that. Even in the light of controversy surrounding Ezra Miller, that seemed to be the project that they probably want to distance themselves from the most, but they have decided, nope, we're going forward. It's going to happen. So apparently, uh, basically, all is well in Flashland, according to the call, and they plan on releasing it as scheduled. So we thought that there might be a chance that we might not see Michael Keaton as Batman, but he is uh, slated to pop back up in this Flash movie, so you'll see him in some way, here's, just not in the bigger role, which is the Batgirl. Here's the problem, too, is that that Batgirl was also setting up something that's going to be a part of Aquaman 2, which he was also supposed to make an appearance in. <laughs> and I guess some screening audiences are like, what the hell is this Michael Keaton Batman thing about? Nobody knows. And maybe we'll never know. I, I don't know. I'm, well, if they're, if they're going into the Flashpoint side of things in this Flash movie, it will make sense in that movie. And then maybe him popping up in the other ones will, will make sense. But uh, it, 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 this seems to, I, I don't know. I think we're one controversy away from this movie getting pulled too still. But as of right now, everything is going forward with the Flash movie, so it's going to happen. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. And we've got a fantastic morning after prize package here, which requires you not only to beat Nick to win them, but also to pick these tickets up before 4 o'clock today as we close for the weekend. Uh, We've got tickets to Pop Evil at the Knitting Factory tomorrow, and you will get to go to an exclusive soundcheck party uh, that afternoon, so we'll hook you up with that. And we've got the uh, Meridian Fire Department's annual salmon feed happening today at Kleiner Park. We'll get you free tickets to that. Uh, enjoy some delicious salmon. All of this is yours when you beat Nick in Pop Culture Smackdown, and it will happen. 208-287-1003 is the number that you need to call if you'd like to play for this prize package. Big J was right. you got to be able to swing by today before 4 to pick them up. But if that falls in your schedule, then let's go. Hello, the X. Hello. Good morning. Hi, what's your name? Janine. All right, Janine, you're up first. Janine, right. this actress is creating franchises of her own, like The Old Guard and Atomic Blonde, while still being a part of the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, Charisse Theron. There you go. Right. 
Nick, Throne starred in this sci-fi movie based off an animated TV show on MTV. What was it called? Eon Flux. There you go. Right. Nicely done. David Duchovny starred as Agent Fox Mulder in this sci-fi TV series claiming the truth is out there. X-Files. Right. X-Files is correct. Uh, let's see, Nick. Tom Cruise has starred in two Steven Spielberg movies. What are they? Uh, well, one was War of the Worlds. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, the other Steven Spielberg movie that he... St- uh, ooh, was he in that? Was that a Steven Spielberg movie? I'm going to say the only one that's popping into my head is Munich. Munich, not sci-fi. Oh, is, wait, you said sci-fi? Well, uh, okay, no, I didn't say sci-fi. You're right. I'm sorry. It is a sci-fi movie, though, that he started. Uh, he, Spielberg may not have directed Munich. Is, is I think my, that he did, uh, but that he was not in that. But movie. that was not the movie you were thinking no. of? What movie? Minority Report. Minority Report. Oh, I, I forgot that Steven Spielberg right. directed Those that. are the only two movies Tom Cruise Yeah, Yeah, uh, but Munich is not the Tom Cruise. I was thinking of the Nazi movie that he was in where they tried to kill Hitler, but it wasn't called Munich. What was it called? It was uh, called... Okay. Yeah, there you go. Thank Bam! You. Thank you very much, Janine. Also, I don't believe that was a Spielberg movie. It's not. Congratulations, man. You are good to go for Pop Evil this weekend, and you are also uh, all set to go for the Salmon Feed tonight. Please hold on one second. We'll get some information from you and make sure you're set and good to go. Go there. Morning after with Nick and Big J. It is the X Rocks. That is Bush. That is Glycerine here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. There is always something going down to the lounge at the end of the universe this weekend, this week. No exception to that. It is time to talk about what's happening at the lounge at the end of the universe. Everything we're about to chat, you can buy your tickets, you can get your information at loungeboise.com, and we certainly recommend that you do that. And we got several things that we want to hit on, the first of which is a really amazing play that is going to be put on beginning on Thursday at the lounge downstairs in the Gem Theater. It's called American Buffalo. Justin Tharp is in studio with us. Thank you very much for joining us, Justin. Man, we appreciate that. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. This is a pretty big deal. It's a play that's been around for a while. The casts, when you dive into who's been a part of this, are amazing, yeah, full yeah. stop. And so when you're doing a property like this, how much pressure does that put on you and the rest of the cast? Um, well, we try not to think about it, honestly. Because, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Smart. No, yeah. Um, I myself have made a point not to go back and watch all the like greatest actors of all time uh-huh. playing the same role as me because right. I don't need it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But on the other hand, I mean, uh, the revival of this play just uh, was nominated for several Tonys this last year and is doing really well. So in terms of that, it's nice to have that name out there. Absolutely. And uh, anything Mamet is amazing. I oh, mean, yeah. the man's a wordsmith. And so to be able to put that onto a stage, how much work does that include? I mean, you're getting ready to do the preview show on Thursday, mm-hmm. but I imagine you guys have been rehearsing and all that kind of stuff leading up to it, right? Oh, yeah. we. I mean, we started the process probably more than six months ago. We really started getting into it a couple months ago. And um, yeah, it's it's quite a lot of work. Um and obviously, we all have other lives <laughs> right, to right. do, too, so it's pretty obsessive. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but it's great work. Like you said, Mamet is, is a poet and a wordsmith, and unlike any other playwright out there, so it's a fun to have this challenge. It seems like it, it, it's a pretty kind of like, uh, there's three obviously main roles that are involved in it. It seems like it's a pretty contained kind of space, which also makes it very intense, I'm sure, to rehearse and put together, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, this is going to be a really intimate show, intimate performance. Um, it is, like you said, three guys um, in a junk shop in Chicago. 
Um, our particular set, uh, if you're in the audience, you're pretty much right on top of the action. You feel like you're in the junk shop, and that's kind of how we wanted to do it, make it a real intimate feeling and a, a pretty unique perspective. How do you prepare for the audience part being there? Do you do you make it, you know, I mean, that's going to be something that might be distracting or, or just kind of off-putting maybe a little bit too? No, yeah, it, it certainly can be, and um, I... <laughs> There's not really a great way to prepare for it. Uh, fortunately, I've done that kind of thing before, but um, there's no way to prepare for getting out there uh, for the first time with an audience and there's someone right in your face three feet away from you. Yeah, right? sure. um, there's a good chance you might get a little actor spittle on you, right, in the splash zone. <laughs> like it's, it's that tight and intense. But um, uh, I love this kind of theater, right? I think it's um, there is something way more direct and intimate seeing this show at the black box at the gem than like seeing something at the Morrison, right? You right. really feel like you're a part of the action. It's directed by Shelby Bay and mm -hmm. you, Trevor and Tim are going to put this all together. Was this a collective kind of group that came together and said, let's do this or did Shelby pick it out or how, what went around with the, making the decision to do American Buffalo? Well, it is absolutely a vanity project. Tim and I are good friends from years back. We're both high school theater teachers and um, we love to, you know, get out and do our thing on our own. Uh, so really we kind of, that was the genesis, um, brought Shelby on board, was gracious enough to direct and kind of really had um, very little time <laughs> to prepare and very little choice on casting because we kind of said, we are your two leads, so you know, um, here's what it is. But um, no, she's incredibly talented, a really talented cast. Um, yeah. And so tell me it's going to be part of the curriculum to require your students to come see this play, please. I would love to make it part of my curriculum to come see this play, but I also really love my job, so I think I'll keep it. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, I'm certainly, you're not discouraging people from coming and checking it out if they certainly want to. Uh, again, loungeboise.com. But you guys are, are doing several performances of this. This isn't like a Thursday. That's just a preview show. You're doing a bunch of different performances of this, right? That's correct. We'll be uh, three weekends, Thursday, Friday, Saturday evenings starting the 11th. And like you said, tickets are all available at the uh, Lounge at the End of the Universe website. And um, uh, did want to be sure you mentioned, we kind of glanced at it, but um, not a show for young children. Right. The language is impressively profane. It's mammoth. It yeah. is a David yeah. Mammoth yeah. play, yes. So adult language and situations will be discussed on Absolutely. several different ch chances. So uh, make sure you check it out. Again, the preview show is this Thursday, but it's going on for three weekends there. Loungeboise.com is the place you need to go for tickets for that. Justin, thank you very much for joining us. And we're going to segue over to Justin number two because it's another big night at the lounge uh, in, in Boise tonight. It's a uh, event called Nocturnal. And this is something that has been going on for a little bit, right? You've been doing these for a little while? Uh, so this was actually the second edition, second, second edition of Nocturnal Fridays at the Lounge. It's our newest club series uh, from Illuminated Arts, my little company that I started about a year ago. Beautiful. Thank you. And it's a, it's a nice time for people to come out, a little bit more of a late night feel to things. You can have some fun, you can enjoy some great music, but it's also an immersive experience, right? Definitely. I really wanted to focus on creating an event that was just high energy with a high level production that was easily affordable for everybody. That was just kind of my main focus. And then it gives people access to see different kinds of people and music that they haven't really heard of, you know, um, at least not in a while or ever. Yeah, so. and it gives the people an opportunity to expand their horizons a little bit. What made you decide to to start these up? Was there a particular moment where an aha, an aha moment where you're like, I need to do this? 
Yeah, a little bit. So I went to this gigantic music festival, electronic music festival called EDC in Vegas in 2019, I believe. And I just remember going there and just seeing the production and just remembering how I felt when I just went to some of my favorite artists, all the stages. And I was like, you know, it'd be really fun to do this. I think that I could possibly do this in Boise. And I think that's kind of what we need out here, at least in the electronic music scene. And I've just never gone back. My first show was at the lounge last year, uh, May 28th, and I've just loved it ever since. That's awesome. And uh, this week you're bringing in a, a, a headliner from out, outside the market, right? Yes, sir. So we're actually bringing out Deuce Parks, and he's actually from my hometown, Austin, Texas. And I'm really excited to have him out. This is our very first headliner event ever. And I'm just having the ability to do that and do that for the community is just really heartwarming, just really awesome. Beautiful. Nice. So you got a lot of different things that are happening. It's an experience of sound, lights, all sorts of cool stuff that's going on. What time does the fun start today? So the fun starts at 9 p.m. today. That's when doors open. It's when our first DJ goes on. We're going to have food. We're going to have, I believe, a hot dog vendor. We're going to have a little bit of candy. Um, it's not essentially the candy that you're thinking of. It's like candy bracelets. You okay. just kind of make these cool little bracelets. And then uh, we're, we have a sponsorship with CP Audio. So I'm super blessed to have them, you know, give them my – use their equipment, excuse me, uh, to put on the level of production for this event that I've just always wanted to bring. Beautiful. That's awesome. And so uh, you have a chance to experience this tonight. And does it go super late? What time around does the headliner go on tonight? So the headliner is going to be going on at midnight Love tonight. It. Love it. That's going to be fun. So you have a chance to experience a pretty cool all-night production, and it goes on tonight at Lounge at the End of the Universe. LoungeBoise.com, again, is the place to grab some tickets for that. That's going to be worth your time. Justin, thank you very much for talking to us about Nocturnal Nights, an thank ongoing you. series, of course, at Lounge. And now we welcome back into our friend Jan Adams. Hi, hey. Jan. Good morning. Welcome back. <laughs> and uh, we had a chance to talk about this last week, but there's another cool event on Saturday, a replay, if you will, of a cool thing that Things and Company it's did, right? It's a redo of it's a redo. It's encore. <laughs> Yay! It's an encore. So uh, I stayed last night. I usually try to go home, uh, you know, if I don't need to be at the lounge during the week. Uh -huh. But I stayed last night to watch F-Boy Island uh, Redux. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I am so happy that I did. It was hysterical. I've never seen the show. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, uh, it just hearing the premise, you know, you start to kind of just slightly lose faith in humanity emotionally. Yeah. Uh, because it's it, it just sounds like a horrifying premise. It's one of the most entertaining things ever, especially when you have uh, these improv guys kind of coming in and, and interviewing uh, some of the characters that were there were hilarious. Uh, there were a couple of uh, really amazing improvers from the community of improv here, and they they, they just knocked out of the park. I laughed so hard. Uh, and uh, and it, it put the show into the context that it deserves to be in which is a joke yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome and of course so it's happening on saturday and robert is here as well from things and company yep. and and so you you have yourself a, a pretty cool idea you screen the first the last couple episodes a little bit of each of them so that people get an idea of the show if maybe they're unfamiliar and then you interact afterwards with some of the cast members of the show and have a little bit of fun right it's a little more blenderized than that because okay. i mean i originally yeah we were going to break it up and chunks like that but as we started to do it the running order started to blend so the characters were reacting to the show during the show and then we'd pause to go wait a second this is a critical decision so let's talk about it so there are elements of a couple of different forms of improv sketch in there but uh, last night we had Dr. Didi who is a post-post modern feminist 
<laughs> and we had Tristan. I forget Tristan's last name because he was eliminated in episode episode two. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then we had Braden, the up and coming rapper, who was eliminated in like episode six. Um, and we had Lukash, who was eliminated in episode one, who apparently had dental implants since then and lost his Germanic accent in favor <laughs> of this steroid boy accent. Okay. And it was. Oh my God! Some of it took me off guard because I didn't realize they were going to make the choices that they were. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but yeah, there's there's commentary over the episode, during the episode. And there's commentary between where we do it's it's a form of improv. It's a form of improv. It's more sketch based. Okay. So you take the premises and then you riff with that. So we discovered things we had no idea were coming. Yeah. Like Austin hadn't watched any episodes of the show. Still yeah. hasn't. <laughs> so when he played Luca. He only had one sentence to go from because that's all he'd seen of the character. <laughs> I was like, dude, I told you I needed your Germanic Nazi character. Right, right. And he was like, you got to send that to me in an email because I'm not going to remember <laughs> that. <laughs> so he was doing this roided out trap surfer guy. And I was like, that's not okay. He's like, I had dental implants. It's a good save. changed my voice it's entirely. Good save. And I, like I lost it. it. That's funny. Do you get to, uh, to, are you playing the role of like the host in this particular thing or do you get to play as? As well, along with everybody, all of the above. Okay. I, I play a character named Saint John Smythe. Is the it's, it's actually based on um, uh, James Bond character. Okay, it, it was a Roger Moore's um, alias in uh, A View to a yes. Kill. Yes, I, I know. And I was like, I'm gonna play that guy because I wanted to play a high culture snob. Who also had all of the qualities of an F boy. So I had a black paisley shirt that was open to the navel. A lot uh, of chest. A lot, a lot of, of chest. Yeah. Three different necklaces, two of which were supplied by Jen. All right. Ripped jeans. I wore a bathrobe over the whole thing. I carried a wine glass the whole did, time. Did you have a Nigel though? You had to have like a butler. I didn't. Yeah, I, you need I, that. You, do you want to come down and play Nigel? Come no, on down no, and be no, Nigel. You just volunteered. It I, sounds I, like I, it to I, me. Yeah, I didn't volunteer. So yeah, there's a, there's a borderline there between <laughs> I have to. Do the facilitation of the host character, Mm -hmm. but I also get to play my point of view uh, on the show. So there's a blend of having to move things along and create the playground for the other characters to riff in, but then I get to play along as well because I have a point of view. Beautiful. So whether you're a fan of the show or you've never heard of it before, you're going to have a good time at the uh, the fun that is F Boy Island. Can I reiterate? Yeah, if you've never seen F Boy Island, it does not matter. It does. Beautiful. <laughs> we've, Absolutely does. We've had we had some people go. Well, I'd come, but I've never seen the show, and I'm not. Familiar. We're like doesn't matter. Stands on its own as a sketch and improv show. Probably better if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it. it was fantastic. Nobody we, in the room had seen it but me. We and we should talk about the fact that it's it, it's interactive as well. Like there there was a little name tags, and you get to decide if you're an f boy or a nice guy. Oh, nice. Switch it up in in between, and there were fortune cookies. Oh, there wow. were nice. fortune cookies. Delicious. Nice too. And there Delicious. was a drinking game. There, there was, actually. Oh, boy. Uh, see. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, stopped, I stopped playing after about five minutes because I am too old for that. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, that's a young man's game. Well, uh, what time does the fun happen on Saturday the, for the show? The fun on Saturday happens at... 9 p.m. Well done, guys. Uh, LoungeBoise.com is where you can grab tickets to all these events. It will be a fantastic weekend and great week out there at the Lounge. Jen, thank you for coming in again. Thanks for having me. Robert, always nice seeing you. you. Morning After with Nick (laughs) and Big J. With Nick and Big J. Come on.
Headlines brought to you by the Lifetime Store. Live broadcast happening this Saturday, 1 to 3 p.m. at the brand new Lifetime Store, 2060 Colwell Boulevard in Nampa. For their grand opening, it's here, it's open. They're taking over the Shopco building in Nampa. So come visit this weekend for the grand opening celebration. Families invited. It should be fun. We're bringing and giving away X-Fest tickets every single half hour out there on Saturday. So join Adam from 1 to 3 at the brand new Lifetime Store, the grand opening of the one in Nampa on the boulevard. You will not be sorry that you go. Headlines are as follows, Big J. That's not cool. Be careful or do not do this, guys. That's not cool. A Lollapalooza guard stands accused of creating a fake terror threat call just so she could leave work early, Big J. Her name is Jan Williams. She's 18 years old. She allegedly created a fake Facebook page under the name Ben Scott to create a post threatening the event. Williams then took a screenshot of the post, sent it to her co-workers, hoping she could be sent home early. Oh, God. Then she was questioned by police how she stumbled upon it, and then she allegedly admitted to sending the message herself. So, that's a felony charge, Big J. You can't do stuff like that. I mean, just don't show up to work if you don't want to go. You know? God, yeah. I mean, call in sick. Something. Jeez, but drama queen kid. Creating a Facebook page and then calling in a terror threat or sending a terror threat is a really, really bad plan. Cannot stress that enough. This kid's parents must be morons. I don't know. I don't know. Have Something went wrong. A uh, kid itself is not doing so great. Either. Right. That's what I mean. Be careful or do not do this, guys. Do not do this, guys. Uh, we've all had a kind of a bug or two in our home that made us think twice about wanting to live there anymore. That's <laughs> certainly not normal. But according to a new survey, over 33% of us, one in three of us, claim that we've actually considered burning down our own house after seeing that bug. No. That is insane to me. It was a poll of about 2,500 adults, so it wasn't exactly a gigantic poll. Still pool, big, dude. But 66% of people are willing to do, quote, nearly anything to get rid of bugs at their home. This includes uh, fumigating their entire house. That makes sense to me. Glue traps in every corner, 46%. That seems excessive. Or using a whole can of bug spray at once also doesn't seem great for your lungs. But listen, I'm not in charge of that. But if you even considered burning your house down, uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. I would also think that that's not the first inclination you've had of burning down your home. Like, <laughs> Probably right. It happens all the time. You're just looking for the reason to torch that place. It's not a foreign thought. It, you just need a good reason for you to think that way. And for some reason, bugs become that. But I, how many we're going to hell stories have we had about somebody that tried to kill a bug with fire? In particular, a spider. It's not smart to do. Do not do that unless you want to be homeless or worse. Please. It's not smart to burn down your own home. Just don't, don't let the bugs win, man. That's what it boils down to. Don't let them win. Wrap it up with be careful. A Mississippi woman has suffered from an aoric hematoma, Big J. That's blood leaking through the inner wall of her artery. How did that happen? She was having sex with her husband, dude. Dude. Uh, apparently, this is a condition that can happen a lot with high-intensity weightlifting and if you have high blood pressure. So this is something that can be bad. These are risk factors. The condition can be deadly. But in some cases, apparently... If you have high-intensity, you know, relations, it can also cause your aorta to start leaking if you have high blood pressure. So, take it easy, everybody. <laughs> maybe maybe once you realize you have high blood pressure, it's time to make the lovemaking slow and steady. You understand? What? Well, unless you want to die, I don't know what to tell you. Time they're, to they're, die! They're telling me that, that, that if you have high blood pressure, this could be a risk factor in high-intensity conditions. And weightlifting and, and sex are the two reasons this happens the most. That's why I like to bring up one of my favorite quotes. 
If he dies, he dies. Uh, in the in the throes of lovemaking, is what you're saying? In general. Luckily, the woman was rushed to the hospital. She was able to recover, so they got there in time. But everybody, take it easy. We want you to have a healthy, healthy good time. How do you bedroom. get back on the horse after that? I don't one. think you do that, or it's like you know, don't ever touch me again. You almost killed me. As it <laughs> is, yeah, it's probably not going to be a fun bedroom lifestyle there going forward. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your headlines. You're up to date on all the things you need to know. We got some bad impressions. They're happening next on the X Rocks. On 100.3, the X. Yeah, and Bad Impressions brought to you by Treasure Valley Subaru. Easy in, easy out location next to the Idaho Center exit off the freeway. And we've got a nice little morning after prize package here for you. Tickets to Whiskey Myers. Now, you need to come pick these up by 4 o'clock. Really important that you do because we're not open on the weekends. And this show is happening Sunday. It's sold out, so those are important tickets. We'll also get you VIP tickets to lounge at the end of the universe that you can use for whenever. Like, perhaps this weekend for F-Boy Island or whatever it is that you want to check out nocturnal either way we'll get you set up you just need to figure out bad impressions through this morning another prize package for you up for grabs 208-287-1003 is our phone number big j's got three clues revolving around a celebrity if you can figure out who that celebrity is in those three clues or less then boom you've got a concert that you're going to this weekend and lounge vip tickets hello the x hello good morning what's your name please jason all right jason you're up first good luck i might be 60 but i'm not done doing my own stunts Maybe ever. The next, please. I got the need, the need for speed. Uh, next, please. Mission Impossible? You mean Mission Always Possible? Is it Tom Cruise? It is Tom Cruise! Bam! Good job, Jason. The second time you've brought up Tom Cruise today it must be important. Oh, man. Why wouldn't it be important? It's always Tom Cruise. Here's the thing. I love Tom Cruise despite his egregious possible religious beliefs. Uh, I don't know anything about Scientology, but I hear bad stuff. Uh, that being said, Tom Cruise seems like a pretty cool dude, and we hear story after story, but this is another one. While filming uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, uh, they were filming in the UK, and uh, they were he was... Uh, doing the stunt sequence and this couple were uh taking a hike uh near this this hillside and it's just them and it's something they do they go walk their dog out there all the time and they notice some activity happening that isn't normally there like helicopters landing on top of this hill and some people and so as they make their way up there a producer type person says hey stop uh um you know we we're, we've got helicopters landing up here take it easy and so once the helicopters cleared they continued up the hilly uh hill and at the top was <laughs> Tom Cruise, and he was strapped into a paraglider, and he was uh, he was getting ready to do a stunt, and he apologized. He said uh, he apologized for the for the noise. He said, "Sorry, guys, I know we spoiled your walk in the noise." And then uh, he said, uh, "I like your dog." And then they asked him what he was doing. He said, oh, I'm going to jump off this cliff. And he goes, "You're going to do what?" He goes, "I'm going to jump off." And uh, he uh, they wished him good luck, and he went and jumped off the cliff. Did they get to see him jump? Yeah. Nice. I mean, how cool is that? That's crazy. I, one would think that they would have a little bit more of a close set than that. Yes. <laughs> On the set of a huge yes, motion picture you would. with coronavirus as serious as he was taking it. But I guess that's kind of cool. Yeah, he had strapped himself into a paraglider, and then boom, off. off. God, they're still filming. filming that movie? No, this probably was from Okay, the several, story's just yeah, coming up. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Uh, well, either way, it's nice when you can have a kind of uh, interaction with somebody that famous, and they're not... Uh, complete jerk so a plus for that and uh did they get to take any pictures uh yeah they took a selfie nice and they didn't fall off the hill did they no they didn't Thank god 
Morning After with Nick and Big J. We will wrap up the show here next on the X Rocks. That's Three Days Grace and Lifetime. That's wrapping up the morning after with Nick and Big J. Thank you to the Lounge at the End of the Universe, Jen, Robert, Justin, and Justin for popping on by and talking about all the cool things happening over the course of the next week there at the Lounge at the End of the Universe. LoungeBoise.com is where you can grab your tickets. Watch out for monkeys in Florida. We've warned you yet again for that particular thing, and we even gave you the mathematical equation to make it a perfect day by starting your morning <laughs> off right. So pretty eventful show. Big J, that leaves you with the floor. Yeah, Keanu Reeves uh, is uh, going to be appearing in his first television series, limited series on Hulu called The Devil in White. Oh, what's it about? Serial killer. Is he the serial killer? It kind of seems that way, yes. Uh-oh. Is he, I hope he's like a Dexter then. I don't want to root against Keanu Reeves. No, I think it's time. Time to play the bad guy? Yeah. He's had to have played the bad guy at some point, right? I mean, kind in some of a respects, bad guy. Neo in, could be a bad guy, <laughs> I guess. But kind of the bad guy in uh, in the Netflix romantic comedy. Uh, always be my, ba- my right. maybe. Yeah, a little bit, but more of a douchebag than a real bad guy. Yeah, Constantine. Uh, no, even then he's the antihero, if yeah. you will. So uh, it'll be interesting to see coming to Hulu. But so. not sure that that's going to be the case. We don't know exactly what role he's He could playing. be the cop looking for the serial killer. Next set of X-Rock brought to you by our friends at Team Moz. If you need a car loan do-over, get online pre-approval with the iPreCheck button at GoTeamMazda.com. The one you hear about all the time on the X, check it out for yourself at GoTeamMazda.com. That's it for us. Jason Drew's up next. You guys have a good one. It's the X-Rocks. The Morning After Podcast brought to you by Idaho Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Make sure you hit them up on their website, IdahoAdvocates.com.